Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from his looks for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Still to come, she's an activated supermom, Jacqueline Toberoff. And he has the top five songs on iTunes, but no record contract. Oliver Anthony returns to the spotlight. We'll also dig into Assignment Desk Weekend. And now, from Times Square, often referred to as the mugshot capital of the world, here's that Kevin! Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We, I didn't approve that line for Times Square. I'm going to have uh, Tom Harris all over me now. And what is, what is, wait, what is that? That's not a New York uh, mugshot. That says Fulton County, Georgia on it. I, I've never been arrested in Fulton County, Georgia. I can't believe you guys. You, it's, you're out of control tonight. Here we go. Simon Desk Weekend. Let's do it. Welcome to Assignment Desk Weekend. I'm Kevin McCullough. Here's a look at what is going on. President Biden had a sad end to his vacation week yesterday. Uh, pictured here standing by the curb, uh, just realizing he's missed the afternoon good neighbor ice cream truck as it drove by. But he was also booed when out eating in public on vacation in Lake Tahoe this week. He and the First Lady are reportedly paying fair market price to rent billionaire Tom Steyer's $18 million mansion. Locals in the Lake Tahoe area found his visit over to Maui and back, where he told the untrue story of how a fire supposedly almost took his wife and his Corvette and his cat. Officials there say it burned a little bit in the kitchen. Um, but they found that untrue story of nearly losing all these things just a little bit tin-eared. Not to worry. Once he got back, he knew. Tomorrow, the ice cream truck will return. In an odd exercise for headline writing, one scribe over at Fox News claimed a brand new poll showed a stunning closing of the gap between a certain candidate and Donald Trump. And when we say closing the gap, what the person really means is that one Iowa poll that featured 400 people sometime after the debate was over found that President Trump still maintained an enormous lead, 41 to 21%. Other polls don't reflect anything nearly this close. In fact, the latest interactive series of polls show that Trump is at 62% with that same candidate who's, quote, closing the gap at 9%. That's following the debate from Wednesday. Close. Bad at math, but close. After his stunning performance at this week's debate, uh, Washington outsider Vivek Ramaswamy had political reporters wondering aloud if he might not have earned himself a, a shot at the vice president's position 
in a President Trump campaign. Uh, Ramaswamy has repeatedly called for things like the criminal indictments against 45 to be dropped. He also eagerly raised his hand first when asked by the debate moderators who would pardon President Trump if they were elected. After the new angry Mike Pence version of the former vice president began to snark about Ramaswamy's lack of government experience, the 38-year-old also showed he could hold his own by simply asking the former vice president, would you like some help putting the gas in your car, sir? The Justice Department is suing SpaceX, the space exploration company owned by one Elon Musk. They are saying the company's uh, hiring standards uh, exhibited discrimination against two groups of people when hiring specifically refugees and asylum seekers. So, refugees and asylum seekers, neither of which are permanent residents or even citizens of the United States. Musk replied on social media that his company had been told repeatedly when beginning operations that they were not allowed to hire non-citizens in their workforce. In fact, he was even banned from hiring fellow Canadians. By the way, you know who else isn't allowed to hire refugees or asylum seekers or non-citizens of any form in their operations? The Justice Department. And finally, the Trump mugshot has created quite a stir uh, to round out the week. Joe Biden, you know, the senator from Delaware, Evidently, forgetting his opposition to Mr. Trump in the current presidential cycle, saw the mugshot and called him a good-looking guy. MSNBC's Joy Reid thought it so fashionable that she decided to try 45's hairstyle. The mugshot made its way to foreign newsprint, and the entire day on Thursday... Uh, or Friday, uh, it was the cover of most of the British papers. The Babylon Bee had its typical fun with it. Even former never-Trumper Ben Shapiro called it iconic. The baseball bat version over the shoulder showed up as well, very popular, as well as the wanted poster, you know, for president. But this was the one that Assignment Desk Weekend loved the most. It just simply says what we feel at Assignment Desk Weekend, that the American people stand behind the man who is being put through these phony charges. And we're grateful that he's there standing with the American people who he fights for every day. Godspeed, President Trump. And that's Assignment Desk Weekend. Getting automatic raise, and I can't be fired. Must wait till age 57 till I can retire with an inflation adjusted pension that continuously keeps going higher. Oh, it's a damn shame what the world's come to. They want us back in the office on Mondays, too. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is not living in the real world. 
but it's bad I go mental. Cause I had to fill out both of these forms. I also see price hikes on necessities. I had to purchase my rental in Ocean City. Please don't tell anyone. It's so embarrassing. The plight of rich men, north of rich men. Just sit here a wasting my whole life away Cause this verification code is taking all day How do you expect me to check my 401k? Plus my fudge round supplier no longer takes Apple Pay Oh, it's a damn shame what the world's come to It takes one person to do my job So we have to wish I could just wake up And it not be true, but it is Only weeks left to open and roll. New guy plays with his pen. He just sits there and snaps. How am I to get in on my 2 p.m. naps? They want us back now on Tuesdays. I just might collapse. The plight of rich man, north of rich man. We're just like you. Well, you know, you've hit the big time when not only have you uh, got the five top songs on iTunes and you don't even have a recording contract, but now you've been added to the world of parody. <laughs> Oliver Anthony's Rich Men North of Richmond, uh, but kind of a Washington insider scandalous version of the whole thing. Anyway, we will have Oliver back in the music spotlight later this hour. He's going to join us uh, with his second number one. Uh, he just wants to go home. Uh, but coming up next, Jacqueline Toberoff is back with us. And a little bit later on, a, a quick report on something that's going on that I'm greatly concerned about with our friends at Christian Solidarity International. Kevin McCullough, thrilled to have you here. Coming right back from New York. Ready or not, you'll be right back. My next guest is making her follow-up appearance uh, here uh, this year in 2023 on uh, the Kevin McCullough Show. And we are so grateful to have uh, Jacqueline Toberoff with us uh, specifically to discuss the debate that went down this week. A lot of people, as I've already made mention, have viewed what happened on the stage from a fairly different kind of lens. And I think a lot of the time it has kind of depended upon the stage of life, where people are at, and what they're looking for by way of the next uh, president. Uh, and I think that uh, Jacqueline uh, is going to contribute to that conversation. Jacqueline, it's good to have you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. 
So this week you had the eight also rans on Fox News and you had Trump on Tucker on X, which sounds completely bad, but Tucker on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, versus um, the Fox News channel. And on a given night, Jacqueline, Fox will average two and a half million people from 7 to 11 p.m. And at that spot, they're killing MSNBC. They're murdering CNN with that number every night. But let's say they had five, six, seven times the number of their average audience. There's still only the 10 to 14 million viewers for uh, the, the debate night. And that would be a huge audience for them. And they would be celebrating and they should. That's that's a lot of audience. But President Trump went on Tucker's show on on the x social media platform and walked away with the last time i checked nearly 200 million views um that's more people than than all of the viewers of all of the debates in the 2020 cycle you're a mom you live in manhattan you're a conservative in a liberal city how did he come across so i watched both i watched the trump and tucker interview and i watched the Fox. And I have to say, the clear winner of Fox to me is was Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm 45. I'm a divorced mom of two. To me, he came off clearly as the, the most intelligent. He was the most authentic. If we're just discussing style, it seemed like he knew it by heart, just because he feels it, he's lived it, he's an entrepreneur, he's a businessman, he knew what he was talking about, but moreover, he was able to relay it to people that aren't in business, that don't own businesses. Um, I, I think his delivery is just the best. He comes across as authentic, like he's not reading from a teleprompter, like he's not a Chris Christie, a boring, um, vengeful politician. He comes across as someone who knows what the hell he's talking about and has a track record. So let's talk about that for a second, because as a single mom uh, who's raising children that you want to try to pass a value system onto, and you're doing it in a in a city that largely opposes your values, and you write about this, by the way, uh, in your columns regularly, and if you're not reading Jacqueline, I would encourage you to do that. Her book, by the way, is Super Moms Activated. It just came out, and it's 12 moms profiled in America that are really making headway on the values that particularly moms uh, value and, and that they want to pass on to their children and that they want the society to be shaped by. Um, but in terms of the, um, the perspective that you had on that, a lot of the things that Vivek advocated for fall right in line with the policies that Donald Trump had when he was president that he's claiming he will make the the kind of cornerstones of his new presidency. Um, and Vivek went into areas to campaign like the inner city, south side of Chicago, other neighborhoods that are uh, very, very tough that Republicans don't go to. Do you think that he is the kind of prototype of what the Republican message, the conservative message will look like in the next 14 months? Yeah, you bring me to the next point. Vivek won that debate. The winner was Donald Trump. I mean, v Vivek's points were great. They're largely Donald Trump's points. And uh, <laughs> Donald Trump has the massive lead. I will be voting for Donald Trump. And I think it's time in 2023 that 
the public tunes out the media when they say suburban moms don't like Donald Trump or this or that. Number one, I don't believe it. I don't think suburban moms like the illegals. I don't think suburban moms like the drugs. I don't think suburban moms want the refugees from New York City coming and changing their schools, uh, their quality of life. I think suburban moms have had it. And I think we need to stop voting with emotion. The left is amazing at messaging. A MAGA, you know, a MAGA extremist. What is a MAGA extremist? That is a make America great again. That's an extremist to, to want that. I mean, this is crazy. We need to start voting for policy and stop voting on emotion. You mentioned the idea that moms care about all these issues. One of the things that happened in 2022 that not a lot of people noticed, I did, I talked about it. Um, and we're going to have more moms on the show soon to talk about it. But the school, the local school board and school board policies are shaping, I think, a big portion of this election in ways that nobody's tracking, particularly when it comes to gender ideology in schools and required uh, inclusion of diversity, equity and inclusion, required CRT elements, those types of things. Um, did you hear anything, see anything from the debate or Trump's appearance this week that tells you that they have a better handle on that than the Democrats do? I, I think Trump and Vivek have been very strong on this. Again, it's very similar. They are anti-CRT. They have both discussed uh, disbanding the teachers union, which has to happen. They have both, both discussed the federal government's intrusion on the state's rights vis-a-vis -vis education. They have both embraced parental rights. Vivek, last night, he was very clear, the strongest form of governance is from the nuclear family. No one should be telling parents how to raise their kids. Uh, this is central to anyone on the right that is going to win. Chris Christie had a major misstep over the summer. He said that he thinks, and I'm paraphrasing, that, uh, you know, if a parent agrees, uh, a minor, I don't know, two, three, four years old should be able to transition. Have you seen what some of these parents are doing lately i mean we have we have a mom we have moms arrested for feeding their kids fentanyl should they be making that decision so again vivek and trump and DeSantis have been very strong on pro parental rights that's it there are 85 million moms in america and we have we have had it quite frankly well, and that's why you wrote your book, Super Moms Activated. When we come back from this break, we're going to break down uh, some of what that mom voter profile looks like. What are they What are they fighting for and why are they fighting so hard? Why do they feel so desperate in this hour to fight as hard as they do? You know, moms happen to be the busiest people on the planet, and yet a lot of them are, you know, creating even more time in their schedule to take on these fights at the local level. And whether it's a, a school board uh, whether it is um, citywide policy that's impacting how their family is able to uh, survive uh, in this day, and even down to economic policy, national security policy, moms are starting to not only be um, informed, but very, very concerned about the direction that the country is headed. We will continue with one of those super moms, Jacqueline Toberoff, on the other side of this message. I'm Kevin McCullough, live from Times Square. Don't go away. Ready or not, we'll be right back.
back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. If you were watching, you know that on the stage of the debate this week, uh, Nikki Haley stood there and quoted Margaret Thatcher saying, if you want a, a man to talk about a problem, uh, assign it to him. If you want someone to do something about the problem, give it to a mom. And while uh, Nikki Haley is not leading the presidential pack, I think that was a line that uh, struck home with a lot of moms across the country. Jacqueline Toberoff is the author of the new book, Super Moms Activated. You wrote this book to do what? To inspire whom? To get what message out? First, I wrote this book as a timestamp. It, it takes place between 2020, which is COVID, uh, BLM, which ushered in CRT, and then it leads up to the primaries in 2022, uh, the tectonic shift of mothers activating who had never been politically active before and really changing the trajectory of America. Uh, it, it was the revival. I wrote it because I knew the Biden administration and the teachers union, which are tied to each other, would look to erase this moment in time. And they have. This book, Super Moms Activated, is actually more relevant now as we lead up to other elections here in New York City. We're about to have in November city council elections. Um, and more super moms have been created. Why is that? New York City Mayor Adams has ceded Randall's Island. He has given it to illegals. Randall's Island is the largest amount of soccer turf space. And New York City kids, unlike suburban kids, this is all they have. And he's taken it away from them. He has created more super moms. Why are moms so important? Well, we created, as you know, I was on here another time and I discussed it, Moms for Lee. And while Lee lost, Lee Zeldin lost to Kathy Hochul, the Democrat and independent moms that I helped unite as, as part of this coalition for Moms for Lee helped win us the majority. Uh, Democrat moms, independent moms, they have had it too. And to your earlier question, uh, it was CRT. That was the death knell. CRT is a form of Marxism, creative uh, sorry, uh, critical race theory. We were told it doesn't exist. Then we were told it does exist. Then we were told we're racist, conspiracy theorists, whatever. We are sick of it. We want merit-based education. We do not want Marxism and we do not want politics in our schools. To that degree, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy this week in, in the debate said um, he's all for burning the Board of Education to the ground uh, at the federal level. Um, a lot of people hear that kind of talk and old school people think, well, what would we do without, you know, government overseeing education? Um, the younger generation doesn't seem to be all that fascinated with governmental institutions. And he suggested even taking all the money that that would save in the federal uh, budget and return it back to parents so that they could have educational options, options like charter schools, like vouchers to uh, pick the type of school that you would like your child to go to. Is that the kind of message that's going to win these moms uh, in the 2024 cycle? It is a very complex situation. Uh, the mothers in my book, they attack woke ideology from 12 different angles, which is one reason to get this book. But some of them believe in doing just that, in disbanding the teachers union. Um, others believe in school choice. I try to, as, as far as writing my book, I try to stay out of it and really focus on the 12 moms. My personal position is the following. There is no such thing as school choice as long as we have private schools acting as public schools, which they now are. They've opted into accreditation. Uh, the teachers unions have to go. Federal intrusion into the state's business 
has to stop. And yes, put the money back into the taxpayers' hands. We that sounds a lot like Vivek's position, um, yeah. which, which I that and that's that's going back to my very first point in this conversation. Um, I think that people are listening to candidates in this cycle with different filters and different ears than they have in election cycles past. And I don't think that the kind of old school uh, political uh, catchphrases, you know, my experience and I have fought for, you know, I, I think all of that goes out the window. I think people are trying to say, we're dying here. Give me the truth of what you're going to do and tell me nothing but that truth. And I think that um, some people got attention because Vivek uh, Ramaswamy actually performed that way in the debate when all the others seemed to be a little more of the old school brand. Jacqueline, uh, where can people get Supermoms Activated? Please go to Amazon. Uh, it's online only. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Supermoms Activated, 12 Profiles of Hero Moms Leading the American Revival. It provides a blueprint for you to get involved. There is so much bad stuff coming in schools this September. This is for any taxpayer because we are funding our demise, which is the big educational system. So please buy this book and fight back against a fixed market that the teachers union and the Biden administration is is putting on us by mandating books by perverts. Yeah. All right, Jacqueline Toberoff, thank you as always for your time. Thank you. We're coming back from New York City. Stay here. Ready or not, you'll be right back. that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. All right. My next guest is someone who's no stranger to the Kevin McCullough radio and now television audiences. Uh, in fact, just recently he visited with us to give us some good news about what the United Nations had done by way of an important organization that I care very much about, Christian Solidarity International. Uh, but this visit not surrounding as good of news. And it's a pleasure to welcome back Dr. Joel Veldkamp from Christian Solidarity. Hello, Joel. Hi, Kevin. It's good to be here. Um, I'm just hearing wind of this through some of the headlines on the Salem News Channel, but the um, there there is an uprising going on in Pakistan. Two Christian men have been accused of desecrating the Quran, and there is widespread violence in the aftermath of this. Do we have any handle of actual facts of what happened? Yeah, we know that yesterday morning a mob of several hundred, if not more than a thousand, Muslims attacked a Christian neighborhood in a city called Faisalabad, and 2,500 Christians lost their homes. Um, they're terrified. They can't go back. It's not safe for them. Many homes were burned down. Um, at least eight churches were burned, I believe, and it was equal opportunity. You know, the Catholic Church was burned. The Salvation Army Church was burned. The Anglican Church was burned. Um, it was just an outpouring of anti-Christian hatred motivated, like you said, apparently by an accusation that Christians had desecrated the Quran. Do they blasphemy. have full Sharia, what they would consider full Sharia law in effect in Pakistan? Not to the same extent as like Iran or Saudi Arabia, but it is part of the judicial system. And we see that reflected in laws like, like the one that makes it a capital offense to insult the Prophet Muhammad. 
Or and what do we know about the specifics of the circumstances that these two men are accused of? Any number of things could have happened here. We've seen in the past there was a case where a young Christian girl with Down syndrome, um, a, a local Muslim leader in the community, wanted her family's land. So he burned the Quran himself and stuck it in her pockets and then accused her, right? Um, so it's this atmosphere of, like, total terror where this could happen to any Christian at any moment. And I doubt we'll ever know what exactly set this mob off, but it could have been anything. The aftermath is, and I just saw an update, nine churches burned to the ground, homes for 2,500 people. Um, yeah. What does the government say about this type of thing? Obviously, they're not interested in equal protection. Do, do the global governments have anything to say about this? I haven't seen any meaningful statements from other countries. Uh, ironically, just today, Secretary of State Tony Blinken from the U.S. congratulated uh, Pakistan's new prime minister on his new job. Didn't make any remarks, as far as I could tell, about this this huge pogrom against Christians in Pakistan. Um, the, the statements from the Pakistani government are more interesting. They, they condemned the violence and they have arrested a lot of the rioters, but the local police said they're also looking for the two Christian men who were accused. Like, so they're also being hunted by the police. Uh, the victims, in, in a sense, also have to hide from the police. If they've, if they've arrested the rioters, is there a chance that some degree of justice will be meted out here? No. <laughs> Sorry to be so blunt, but uh, probably they'll be, be let go or maybe they'll make a show of a few individuals. Um, but the, the fundamentally unjust part of the system here is that Christians can be accused of blasphemy at any time. And then the full weight of society and the legal system comes crashing down on them. And there's almost no, no protection. Do we know if anybody has died in the violence at this point? Not that we know of. We okay. think everyone got out in time, which is a, a blessing. Are there any um, uh, faith organizations that are speaking out on this? I'm, I'm assuming Christian Solidarity International will release some sort of statement uh, about it. But are there, are, are there any church denominations? Is there anybody coming to the aid of these Christians? Yeah, I mean, CSI is already providing aid to the Christians who are displaced during this violence through our local partners. Um, the, the bishop of Pakistan had a very eloquent statement, and I thought it was very courageous on his part, because it's not always so easy to speak freely as a Christian in Pakistan about attacks on Christians in Pakistan. Um, I'm sure we'll see other statements in, in the coming days, um, but certainly these people need a lot of solidarity. They need support from their brothers and sisters uh, in free countries like the U.S. and in Europe. Um, so our mission at CSI is to make sure they get that support. Is there any sign that they, um, that the violence will continue? We never know. That's kind of the terrifying thing. Uh, the last 24 hours or so have been calm, I would say. Um, but this could flare up again. Um, if the police step too far in arresting perpetrators, or if some local religious leader decides he wants to make a big deal out of this, he could flame it up again. We, we noticed in a lot of the videos of the attack that the attackers were chanting slogans for a particular Islamist political party in Pakistan. And this party is kind of a newcomer on the scene and they're trying to make a splash. So it could be that someone in this political party wants the violence to continue. And is, find is that particular party more radical than some of the older groups that are established? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, it's called the Tahrik al if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, yeah, extremists tend to compete with each other to see who can be more extreme. 
what what is some of the aid that Christian Solidarity is um, assisting with? So far, we've been distributing cash to the families that have been displaced. Um, but um, again, this just happened less than 24 hours ago. So we need um, our local partners to do an assessment, find out where these people are, where they've been displaced to, and what they need in those places. I can well imagine. It'll be, but it'll probably be the usual housing, food, water. Medical treatment. Medical yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, friends, you know, uh, I strongly support uh, what Christian Solidarity does globally. I think that they are uh, the tip of the spear in terms of the uh, fighting back against persecution, particularly for people that are persecuted for their faith. And um, if you want to make a gift, 888-342-1010, you can make that call right now, 888-342-1010. Be as generous as you can and just let them know you want it to uh, help and assist the believers in Pakistan. You can also go to csi-usa.org and make a gift there as well. That is also effective. Uh, Joel Velkamp, Dr. Joel Velkamp, thank you for your time today. We appreciate the update. Thank you, Kevin. God bless you. God bless your listeners. You got it. 888-342-1010, friends. 888-342-1010 or csi-usa.org. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Ready or not, he'll be right back. That Kevin. With a no drink minimum. It's that Kevin show. Ladies and gentlemen, on a week in which we saw the first president mugshot, why not have the number one artist be from the backwoods of Kentucky? Once again, Oliver Anthony. Well, if it won't for my whole dogs and the good Lord, they'd have me strung up in the psych ward. Cause every day living in this new world. One, two, many days to me, son, we're on the brink of the next world war, and I don't think nobody's praying no more, and I ain't saying I know it for sure, I'm just down on my knees, begging the Lord and take me home, I want to go home, I don't So long. I just know I didn't used to wake up feeling this way, cussing myself every damn day. There's always some kind of bill to pay. People just doing what the rich man say. I wanna go home. Son says to a man out of town In two weeks later, trees go down Only got concrete growing around 
Just know I didn't used to wake up feeling this way Cussing myself every damn day People have really gone and lost their way They all just do what the TV say Strung up in the psych ward. Oliver Anthony rounding out Radio Night Live for this week. Uh, very interesting uh, when you think about it. Uh, what unusual times we live in. A man who has no recording contract has the top five songs uh, in the country right now. And uh, our former president has been arrested and given a mugshot and we're supposed to believe that there's not politics being played with his arrest and the future of our country and everything else that's why friend we have to be here and you have to come back and we have to work together to save this country and we're committed to it every single saturday night thank you to all the new stations that have been picking us up we will talk to you again next week right here on that kevin show